going on guys? I am back. I'm fighting fit. I have my voice. I don't have the constant desire to analyze the historical meaning of Elizabethan literature. So goodbye the old world and hello Warhammer 40,000. Uh, 40k has had a busy couple of weeks so join us as we get pretty grim uh, after dark. Before we bring on our first co-host, uh, I want to make sure everyone gets their tickets to the inaugural Frontline Gaming Rocky Mountain Open. Uh, the Rocky Mountain Open is the first ever cold certified tabletop gaming spectacular. The event will be held just outside Denver at the Adams County Fairgrounds, surrounded by beautiful Colorado scenery, most notably mountains, uh, like in the old world where there were mountains before it got blown up. Um, all are invited to join and spend a weekend rolling dice with awesome people. Uh, there is going to be championship level events for 40k, Age of Sigmar, and Star Wars Legion. Uh, not any semblance of Warhammer Fantasy there, though, uh, whatsoever. Uh, but now we have that out of the way. Uh, my first co-host today needs some retrogression. It's Danny McDevitt. I heard that one. That's good. Somebody say I brought back the Asian really? thing. I, I figured, you know, I go away for a week. I might as well bring that. Um, our second co-host, Danny, go ahead, bring him in. Um, I have him as the bespectacled baron of the Frontline Gaming Network. Oh, yeah. But also the obsessional overlord of Grim After Dark. But go ahead and... and the know. Duke of Took. We've got Val Heffelfinger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's me. Back in more comfortable surroundings, I gotta say. Didn't like the desk. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a little bit tight back there, bud. I mean, you got a lot of empties. I kept kicking them with my feet, <laughs> causing some problems on the audio playback. That's fair. It's real fair. Uh, lots of empties. Now, uh, last week, guys, uh, we want to pull up this first slide here to explain what happened. Slide uh, already? Combina a combination of finals, uh, critical analysis essay, and uh, not being able to talk was a perfect combination uh, to bring everyone back into the old world. Um, and Danny, Val, after last week, I just have one question for you, uh, which is going to mm -hmm. be on this next slide here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally on this next slide. Yeah. Yes, love it. We're nailing this. Nailing uh -huh. this this week. Slide two. Why? <laughs> yes. I already <laughs> used this joke. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the, but that's John, my I'm flipping question. it back to you. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Because, you know, generally we don't talk about games people don't really play. Well, no, that hurt. That Val, hurt Val just went to a tournament and played in a tournament the host, with other humans. The host, the host should Allegedly. not play the game. Not the game shouldn't be played by the host. It's just it's, that, that's the rules here. We have a very specific style guide. Um, but I want to share uh, the show prep I found for last week and certain questions <laughs> I'm disappointed we didn't get to. And I'm going to ask them to you now. Uh, so, guys, uh -huh. starting with Val. Um, mm -hmm. which came first, 40k fantasy or me in this conversation, which was an actual question you had in our show notes. <laughs> it was a good bit. <laughs> Adam Camilleri clearly came first. I mean, that was, that was no doubt. There's, that was clear, well, clear almost immediately that he was post-coital. It was, he, uh, it was incredible. Yeah. He basically like Scrooge McDucked his way, might as well have Scrooge McDucked his way through his fantasy collection on the show so if you can imagine like after coitus that's got to be great also, also a show and tell episode for a podcast 
featuring out of print minis for a game that some people still play. Uh, incredible content. I mean, it was, I believe, incredible. just a, a literal stroke of genius. Well, it was. Yeah, I brought the it back reviews there. Are in. The reviews are in, though, and good job reading ahead on the notes. My cripplingly, my cripplingly low self-esteem drove me to make sure the episode was bad in reviews. Um, but people <laughs> actually enjoyed it. As we're seeing here, we have Mark Horn saying this is like listening to the football team at a high school reunion. <laughs> I don't know if that's a glowing endorsement. Of... Guys? But ac- <laughs> accurate. Accurate. Question, question for you both, on. though. Yeah. Question for you both, though. What does that mean? Uh, I, I actually instantaneously knew exactly what he meant. Just people uh, talking in great amounts of jargon about old glories. I would say, uh, and and slapping each other on the back. Uh, I think I, I think it was a perfect description for for what we did last week. I think so. I think so. Danny, is it praise? I don't know enough about the American education system to know that or not. Yeah, big 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 frontline silencing Danny because they're talking about models that aren't sold anymore. Hmm. Am I out? Seems unusual. No, oh, there you back. go. You're back now. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What did you say? Did you say praised? What? Yeah. Is it is it a praise to say that? Oh, it was a like praised people. Yeah. Is it praised? No. Is is, is that is that thing? comment in praising us? Was it a was it a good oh, comment? Definitely not. Oh, one? was it praised? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. No. I couldn't tell through John's thick Scottish accent. You guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also, when Look. did you come to that country? Like, uh, aren't like aren't you basically at least as American as I am at this point? Like, I don't think you can hide behind. Uh, you know the uh, the the Look, cultural differences card. Like you probably, I've what would only, you call this hat? Quick, what would I've you only, call this hat? An och. Um, but I've only been here nineteen years. Uh, so only oh, nineteen. No, eighteen. Years. Eighteen. Close enough. Yeah. Um, all I know is this week I went from supporting Senegal sports to French sports. Uh, moving on. Anyway, um, someone from Grim After Dark's very own Grim Cord, uh, which we switched over last week, uh, reviewed the episode as well, saying. I genuinely love last night's Grim After Dark and want more fantasy content from you folks. It was awesome seeing some of my favorite 40k personalities and Val talking about a game <laughs> I really loved from back in the day. <laughs> Guys, uh, how does I don't it, think that person how, that person wasn't even trying to burn burn me, but definitely there's a that was a Freudian <laughs> slip of a burn. I think I don't. I think that was intentional. Yeah. <laughs> no, and Mark. Um, but how does it feel, guys, to be on the cutting edge of Warhammer Fantasy podcasting? Because for me, the next couple, of, for Sexual the next couple almost. of years, last last episode of Grim After Dark will be the most up to date Warhammer Fantasy podcast for the next like at least year to eighteen months. Well, I, I, as as a, a deviant of uh, Warhammer Fantasy content currently being produced, there are no fewer than two active podcasts covering it. The nope, nope, one active podcast, uh, <laughs> one defunct, <laughs> one called the Elector Counts because they're Australian. Mm-hmm. So you know what they're going for there, the C word, yeah. and then um, the other one called another name that I'm blanking on. <laughs> That's the one I. Excellent. That's still functioning and Excellent. definitely the host 
tunes in from occasion on occasion yeah you guys and, heard uh, it here I'm, somewhere damn. someone has something to say about warhammer Shoot. fantasy and they record it there's also the old world lives which is a which is a swedish uh sixth edition podcast but uh, we're, we're grasping at straws now that's fair hey guys uh the the people want to know when does the second episode of 25 percent lords uh record uh, for general release on the frontline gaming network so clearly not a uh, clearly not an end times podcast. Uh, no, 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 no. We don't want that. We want we don't want that fifty percent lords allocation. No. Danny, no. when when do we when do we do it? Whatever you want. Awesome, scintillating, um, scintillating stuff. Also, always also. the best way to guarantee something happens is leave it to Val to plan. Uh, yeah, Val, hey. do you want to put it on the whiteboard? <laughs> I've assembled a friggin' dream team to put together the LVO stream right now. You want to shift gears here, guys? We have got a crack squad of not me putting together one hell of a fucking show to the point where I actually said out loud in, in Frontline, Frontline's marketing meeting today that I would like marketing. This is how, uh, this yeah. is the, the extents of my hubris at this point. And yes, Frontline Gaming go- right behind us. We're going to go more in in January. January is going to be huge LVO month, uh, as we usually do going big into the Las Vegas Open. But this year, um, comfortable to say, uh, the biggest and best coverage ever, uh, past, present, and future. It's going to be amazing. Um, but what's the next game that we go back and do reminiscing episodes on? So we've had like a lot of feedback from people over after last week that they really enjoyed you guys and the passion you had about Warhammer Fantasy. What's the next dead game we talk about? I just bought a bunch of song and ice and fire miniatures this week. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, dude. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, I, well, I showed my I wife. Like and she was like, I'll play that game. And I'm like, we're getting some miniatures then, baby. <laughs> oh, girl. Song of she ice and fire mistake. and chill. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Great series of articles on frontlinegaming.org on, on oh, yeah. miniature system. Yeah. A uh, little bit of cross pro. Val, what's a dead game system you want to talk about? Dead game system? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Gorka Morka? Oh, it would actually dude, be. We We're doing well, we have we, we have Necromunda, that fancy new Necromunda now. And actually, I played, I played Gorka Morka at such like a tender young age that I'm sure I had absolutely no idea what was going on. So I, I, I genuinely don't know if Gorka Morka was any good at all. It was, oh, dude, it was literally my favorite. We'll go back. Like, how you feel about 8th edition fantasy is how I feel about Gorka Morka. Like, I would just yeah. destroy the world for a new version. Um, chat's going, Kelsey. Oh, my, OMG, is John and Danny, I think it meant our John and Danny, going to be doing the coverage for the LVO? Uh, sort of. It's going to be amazing, though. Uh, and seconding Gorka Morka and chat, I think we're going to have an episode coming up where we do focus on that amazing game system. Because uh, it's very, it was a big turning point for the Orc Rage in general. W, so yeah, I for sure. That part stylistically, uh, right? Like 100. Stylistically, for sure, for sure. It was a very important milestone in GW's past. But, but after they casted the plastics, because it, Brian Nelson did all of the amazing orc miniatures and sort of redefined what an orc looked like for Games Workshop. But yeah. the the plastics that come in the box are some of the worst looking derpiest worst. orcs that you have ever seen in your life. So yeah, yeah. they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Brutal. They're brutal. Denny, and those bases, 
Oh, like, they were the worst. Oh, God, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so Gorka Morka Day today, soon probably. Uh, but, Danny, you didn't just stop at setting the old world ablaze, as you also stepped up to the plate to help out over in the Thursday show a couple of times. Um, so tell us about your time over just... at the Thursday show. Well, it, first of all, I'd like to clarify, it was only the one time. Okay, guys? Well, like, we do worry. have this beautiful still. Show go that... back to normal, like... <laughs> We do have this beautiful again. still that was pulled up by someone and sent to me. Uh, could, why don't you use your, your, your beautiful way of describing um, the tactical analysis being provided by this slide here? So you can see uh, Adam is calm and collected. He's really, he's really got the eye of the tiger, um, whereas I am just furious at this man. Um, I'm not sure why. Uh, I imagine it probably has something to do with the army that he took. Um, but we all know what's in the army, um, and I'm uh, I'm raging. And then, uh, uh, and then, yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's basically. And then Dustin's down there at the bottom, uh, just smiling away, laughing at our antics. Uh, doesn't doesn't he look pleasant? What's that? He just looks like he's that. He, he looks does. downright just delightful in that show. Jovial, jovial. Just it's like a, it's like the just having the best time. <laughs> Why was I so angry? So, <laughs> so, so that picture um, had was joking. The army list that David Gaylord was bringing to the event was the same old shit of Zinch Demons and um, Thousand Sons. Is that the best metal list right now in 40k, Danny? No. Or what is the best metal list? Uh, I mean, I think the I think that Emperor's Children and Zinch Demons list is really, really good. I think it's better than the than the Thousand Sons one. Um excuse me and then uh god i don't know votan's really good too right now votan's great and guard are really good so i think there's uh like probably three contenders for like uh that are definitely in the running every time you every time you set up to an event amazing um talk to us while we're doing thursday show light here um there was an event over the weekend called slaneshmas up in the pacific northwest yeah, yeah. Um, super good thing. Talk to us about Tim Hubscher's list from Slanesh. <laughs> All right. So this is a very specific call out to one individual who has a, I don't know, a, in a random major. Anyway, this major was great. I really was bummed I couldn't make it. I've got finals this week. So uh, I normally would drive over for the, for that, for the events. Uh, Jason Birds, he does a great job there. But uh, our friend from Alaska flew down. And uh, decided to bring uh, a Sokar Stormbird. Uh, and I think he's got like 30 Plague Marines in the list, too. And I think that's basically the entire list. Some some Pox Walkers <laughs> in there as well. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, great. How, did, did you get a scoop on how he transported the Sotar? Like, did he buck, Did he get a seat on the plane? Did he, did I, he check I it? Think, I think, his, I think uh, one of our other friends who lives in Washington now had it at his house, and he just borrowed it. Uh, so okay. yeah i don't know how he transports that um oh god who would know that um yeah anyway. someone someone does someone so talking Somebody. to tim about this list he says to me such great tactical things as it is 1000 points for a table wide redeploy um daddy what does he mean by this i have no idea i guess they get out of the transport Get in one end and come out the other. Uh, because oh, the plane is so okay. large, it counts as a redeploy. Um, you, know, uh, some, you know, can yeah. you, I guess Votan is Xenos, because it sounds like that that army could really use some cum weapons. <laughs> oh, 
Don't you worry, Val, Sir Val. We're gonna get to the come weapons. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's coming later. That's coming that's soon. later. <laughs> it's coming soon. Uh, but it was an amazing list. He went three and three, which for taking a thousand point giant forge world model that doesn't actually fit on any table, it's a really good record. It's, John, remember it's not it's, it's it's not just three and three. It's three and zero oh first day, and then lost. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> that isn't how it's, I mean, compared to uh, every tournament's Warhound Titan guy, that is outstanding yeah. performance. Outstanding um, not performance. quite as good as Val's Townar run, uh, but uh, nonetheless, very not good. Not that far off of it, yeah. Um, what about Seth like 100 Oster, Fire Warriors, Val? Is that a good army? <laughs> terrible. It's, terrible fi- it's a terrible army. Never do it. Also, okay. I'm having flashbacks now. You, you triggered some PTSD problems. I'm sorry. I I really do apologize. You should. I deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But other majors happened last weekend as Seth Oster from Signals from the Frontline spent the weekend competing at Warzone Atlanta (laughs) and in the weekend at a respectable 12th place uh, with a 4-3 record record overall with his Votan, which I'm assuming was some just bullshit beam thing. I'm not going to lie. I think if Thursday show was to cover it, it would be three words on the slide, um, same old Botan stuff. The real question, though, was asked by the Haunted Bagel on Twitter here, who, asked, <laughs> who said, Seth Oster's parole officer was present at his Warzone Atlanta games. Uh, could you give us more details? So, guys, let's go to the bottom of this. Let's get to the bottom of this mystery about can, this gentleman. Can I do, can, can I do the, the description? Uh, the, the, yeah, please <laughs> the do. Describe captioning. Do. Basically, uh, looks like Christopher Walken in a in a Honda branded baseball cap in a leather jacket, <laughs> sitting next to the War Games live setup. Uh, would would you concur on that that description, Danny? I think he looks more like John McCain. Um, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> the re risen, the back from the um, dead, John McCain. Nothing can stop that man. <laughs> what it looks like for me, if you guys have ever watched Arrested Development, it looks like the life model decoy. Yeah, it does look like, yeah, that, yeah, the good description. The proxy. Um, yeah. the, the life proxy. Uh, yeah, is, is what it looks like there. Uh, who is this person, though? Guys, get to the bottom of this. Why was he hanging around Seth's table? I have the answer. I, I did my research, but I want to hear what you guys think. It's quite a tale, John. And oh, good. <laughs> It involves a late night at the bird laboratory um, and a lot, (laughs) a lot of drinking anyway. So long story short, uh, Seth is no longer allowed into, uh, (laughs) into any national aviaries. um, (laughs) And also, and also Chuck E. Cheese. So, so this guy's got to stand by him. There's, there was a Chuck E. Cheese within a hundred feet of this venue, I believe. Yes. Val. Anything else you want to add to that there? Uh, I was I was going to say that the uh, knee braces that Seth has been uh, wearing recently uh, are uh, they, they came with a contractual obligation to be uh, maintained by a, a member of the Honda pit crew uh, that works on the uh, uh, open wheel racing indie team that happened to be in town. So it was actually fortunate for Seth that he could get quick, quick, real pit jobs there uh, on those braces. I'm, I'm glad he could get sponsored like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, Val, this might be familiar to you. It was actually a guy called Andrew Ford, who was described to me as a powerhouse from 8th edition. 
apparently making a comeback to play 40k again after seeing weak uh Seth's weak competitive showing uh Warzone Atlanta. Fair. Yeah. Fair. So this this is this is a this is a eighth edition fantasy player? Uh eighth edition 40k player. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. How is he an eighth edition powerhouse and we don't know of this man? Andrew Ford. Where's the Falcon? Falcon, who is this man? It's a stat centre uh, era level person. Um, literally, yeah. Uh, Rob, Rob Symes is bringing a, uh, uh, a large piece of luggage containing a high amount of fantasy models that I traded him some stuff for. Um, yeah. Did you trade him I, a plane ticket to Vegas? <laughs> uh, no, I did not trade him a plane ticket to Vegas, uh, but, but some other useful stuff. And uh, and I literally messaged Peter the Falcon be- to ask him if he could see any Canadians in the field at the Everwinter GT. Because I need someone to hump those models back across the border for me. I need a I need I need a plastic mule. So if you're going to the Everwinter GT GT in Baston, Massachusetts, and you want to come up to Canada and get some some good beer or something, uh, just let me know. Holler at me. Or maybe you live in Buffalo or Western New York, and you want to take. Rob Symes' worst piece of luggage packed to the gills, including a Tamurican, like giant reptile Nurgle thing, uh, mm-hmm. just some incredible stuff in there. It will look like drugs. It, it is going to be yeah. wrapped in cellophane. It's going to look like the most suspicious package of all time. I can't wait. If you uh, plastic mule for Val, uh, for two weeks, we will put your name on the Grim After Dark couch through the power of a text box. Uh, and really, you can't you can't get any better than that. Uh, Danny, uh, <laughs> go going on the whiteboard. Heck yeah, Danny. We've been playing a ton of Dark Tide recently. Uh, we have forty k Dark Tide, um, where I can't say the next part here because I'm waiting for for good old Val to finish ignoring the idea on the whiteboard. My zealot, uh, my very <laughs> lovely zealot, Fascal Rats, love him so much says this very reasonable thing, blood for the emperor, skulls for the golden throne, <laughs> uh, which is in no way, uh, no way, uh, you know, concerning at all. What are your thoughts, Daddy, on Dark Tide so far? Well, so I've only played the Psyker uh, so far, uh, but it's been really fun uh, shooting people with mind bullets and then exploding little cultists' head. I mean, it's it's a really, really fun game, though. I really like the cooperation and teamwork aspect of it. Um, yeah. It's it's really fun. Saturday night we had a really good uh, four player party uh, going through with one from each class. Uh, the best part was about every fifteen minutes or so, a barrel would explode that would blow me off the map entirely. Um, <laughs> really, out why don't of we do? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we queue up? Uh, like I don't know, next week or something. We can do. Uh, we can do a dark tide episode. I can try we and go. produce. Grim after dark, we can do like a picture in picture. Well, uh, I'll buddy. try. We'll do we'll do this show with mm-hmm. us all playing at dark our computers tide? playing dark tide in picture yeah. in picture of someone in the party playing dark tide. We'll inception this piece. Well, let's do that. Uh, so yeah, next week we'll be dark tide. Oh damn, it's on the whiteboard. <laughs> we can't do it anymore. Um, but uh, likely, what's going to start happening here pretty soon is we are going to start streaming some gameplay on a different night. Once I talk to Val about the the ins and the outs, is there are going to be some fun game streams because honestly, the Saturday night party was uh, Danny and I, a couple of our friends. It was a lot of fun, especially when our friend Joe purposely screwed our friend Josh several times and then denied it. It was it was a fantastic time. Um, I will say though, we aren't good at it. 
Uh, so when you do watch next week, uh, one, plagued with production issues. Uh, that's just sort of a given. Two, not very interesting because we're not very good. But it's amazing. <sighs> anyway, guys. So just Germany, think of how good it yeah. would be if we were also trying to uh, change PowerPoint slides at the same time. I think I think we got something here. Well, I mean, I think I, we and think how think of the podcast content that we would yeah. generate playing Kelsey a video and, game and podcasting poorly. Oh Kelsey and Chop going ah streaming a video game the best content for a podcast <laughs> nailed it. Thank you, perfect. Kelsey and me on the same page. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, Germany is at it again. Uh, not oh, no. content with getting knocked out of the World Cup by Japan. Uh, they are now printing slightly different versions of the rules. Uh, this time it says the Cryptech Army of Renown gets re-rolls to all reanimation protocols. Uh, Danny, do you believe the German version is a mistake or is this how this rule should go? Oh, it's definitely not a mistake. That's how the rule should be. And is that you as a Necron player saying that or yes. you as just two? Okay. <laughs> unequivocally yes yeah look sorry guys i'm biased yeah i absolutely do think that necrons need it sorry yeah that's fair totally fair tell us about this army of renown oh yeah what a cool army of renown uh it's got a lot of uh it's got cryptex necron warriors and any of the canoptic units um that you might want to take in your army um i uh yeah go ahead uh where where is this being found this army of renown i thought we weren't doing this anymore we're doing what? Army well, I thought armies of renown were dead. Is this like a white dwarf <laughs> thing? Like what's the white, is, yeah. what is dwarf thing? All right, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Val yeah. just reading ahead one question and asking that question. It's perfect. Oh shoot. My bad. I was just <laughs> no, genuinely good. didn't know. I thought I thought these I thought we were done with these. No, no. But yeah, what does this army of renown, renown do for Necrons? Oh, nothing. I mean, it's more fun <laughs> to play maybe than like uh, like just the, the standard silent King build that everyone's taking. Um, so I just like to see maybe a little bit, a few different units on the table that you wouldn't normally find. Mm -hmm. Um, like I love tomb spiders. They become better Wraiths with whip coils are like crazy. They can get like 50 attacks each or something. I have to, oh, I have to look wow. at that again, but it's an insane amount of attacks. Yeah. So, yeah. So guys, and, and to bring Val kind of back into this here, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on White Dwarf becoming the home for extra rules? Uh, they've kind of, GW's kind of come out and said that campaign supplements are going to have no more extra rules. They're going to be purely sort of like narrative books. But now we're seeing, I think this is our fourth or fifth army of renown that's happening in White Dwarf. Uh, what's your view on it being kind of in the monthly magazine as opposed to a campaign supplement? I mean, not great, probably. Uh, although, um, luckily, uh, I do think that they are putting back issues of White Dwarf onto the vault six months behind. Is it? It mm -hmm. might be. It might even be three months behind. Um, I, in either way, seasons last between three and six months. So, um, you know, problematic. Yeah, problematic. That's, I was going to say, like, that would be fine if they put the White Dwarf rules in a little bit quicker into the vault, right? Like. Uh, also, I mean, to be fair, uh, uh, from what I understand, you can't buy the GT packs anyway. So, right. you know, no. as long as it's hosted no. appropriately on Wahapedia.ru, I don't think that there'll be an issue. <laughs> well, we have these things with the GT packs now as well. And, uh, Danny, you can kind of weigh in on this, where technically by the letter of the rules, uh, the League of Votan have no faction-specific secondaries they can use in competitive play. 
okay yeah sure whatever nobody plays it that way well, i'm just like is that kind of a problem of the the way this is kind of coming in and the lack of updates that are coming i mean from tw about yeah it? well it's probably the problem with this has to do not with any of that but with the adherence to a printed rule structure um whereas having online rules and online rules references would alleviate a lot of these issues that that they have like with like silly interactions like this mm-hmm. so I don't know. Like that kind of stuff is silly. Um, and sometimes they just write bad rules. Like the Aegis defense line rules are really terrible and people are really excited about the new model. But like if you actually read the rules for it, it doesn't actually do anything except for the guys in the little cup at the top because it's an area terrain and not a barricade <laughs> or well, an obstacle rather. Cup. Yeah. They even still um, make the Aegis defense line? Is that even a thing you can buy? They're making a new one. Yeah, they're, new they're one. making a new one oh! for the table. Yeah. Yeah, especially oh, in the guard book here. It's a brand new Aegis defense line. They uh, they just did a preview article for it on Warhammer Fantasy or Warhammer Community today, Val, as well. <laughs> See, the problem Sorry, is I I'm checking. just look, I'm 10 out of 10 <laughs> excited to play Warhammer Fantasy. I was ready to answer that question right off the bat. So, like, <laughs> I I want to do it. I want to play, like, right now. And I can't, yeah. John. No, because you got to talk about 40K. Uh, and in, in fairness, the reason why I'm out to lunch and all this stuff is that I have been refreshing WarhammerFantasy.com for uh, like constantly, uh, and it just keeps coming back as a as as a vaguely Eastern European porn site. I don't know why, but that's just uh, that's just what it is these days. Yeah, not actually Eastern European, just it hints towards an Eastern European nature, like tropes. You know, a lot a lot scary. of like common Eastern European yeah. p- pornographic tropes. You know what sure. they are. Yeah. You know. That's fair. You know. And if you floor. don't, you do. Um, <laughs> do you guys, so like I said, we're seeing a lot of this additional content appearing in White Dwarf now going forward. Do you guys feel the White Dwarf and sort of the modern publishing age can remain relevant without uh, adding in extra rules and armies of renown and kind of a semi-frequent basis? It needs, it needs something, right? Like it needs to have some kind of enticement to buy. The I think they would do. I just, I just think it's better as digital content now. Like it's mm-hmm. tough to have. Like a printed release is great, and uh, I think that that's a lot of people still want that. Um, but I think that releasing the rules online is um, like not for free, obviously. Um, but I think that that's probably more beneficial to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Val. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that you know whatever tenth looks to be uh, is you know, more or less a digital rule set. I think there's some other stuff too that's indicating that they're looking to offload some stuff from the print, such as uh, Guard not having any actual secondaries printed in their in their book. I don't know if you literally just said mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think, um, I think th- there are signs to be hopeful. But then also what might happen is they might realize that suddenly they're not selling as many books and then it's all just crushed immediately by terrible decision making. So you, you never know uh, how this is all going to pan out. And uh, if there ever is a uh, a digital subscription allowed uh, or created that allows us to have access to rules, um, I highly recommend uh, signing up for it um, because yeah. it could go. You know, it 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 would. I, I would hopeful be hopeful that it be supported and that the community mm-hmm. reacts strongly because it is the right direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do uh, armies of renown, Danny, have a place in competitive 40k? Yeah, um, or should these ones just be for narrative play? No, I'm I'm fine as long as they're balanced. Like that—that's the key, right? Uh, is to mm-hmm. maintain the set of balance. I think they're flavorful, and 
you know, that's one of the best parts about 40k right now is like faction secondaries, I think are really awesome. Uh, like each army playing the game in a slightly different way is really cool. And I would like to see more supplements to like uh, make these armies even more unique. I, I really like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Kelsey coming in hot and chat saying could be worse, could charge $1,000 for four random proxy models. Uh, which I think is a reference to Magic the Gathering and how they're doing their anniversary uh, box set. Oh, yeah. Uh, would nice. you would you do that, uh, Danny, for 40k? If they had $200 blind model box for your faction, would you purchase it? Oh, for my faction? Mm-hmm. If you're like, it's a Necron model, it will never be released again. Not going to show it to you. Yeah, $200. probably. Oh, they got you. I hey, there's, there's a new trend. There's a new trend. And I don't like it. Uh, right here on eBay, for sale, uh, one Necron, 100 coats of lead belcher. Uh, Danny, tell me what you see in this picture. Val, put up the picture for Danny. I'm, try- I'm, try- I'm so see. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I- <laughs> there We're we go. trying, guys. Okay, Damn. here we are. All right, so we have uh, an Indominus era Necron warrior model. Um who has been sprayed with lead belcher and let it dry so many times that he appears to have kind of a melted consistency. Um, his face, all the eye sockets are, are totally gone. He's just kind of spidery limbs and a really thick ass gun. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised some of the detail is still coming through on it, to be honest, but you can see some of the detail on it for sure. Okay. Uh, Val, what's some of the detail you notice on that beautiful model? Uh, well, it's a, it's it's an updated uh, uh, Necron warrior, uh, so you don't have the uh, the old Goss barrel there. You can still see some of the the lovely new detailing. Uh, yeah, it's not right? just that plastic thing. Uh, so uh, you you know that whoever uh, who did this, which is Midwinter Minis, um, you know they uh, they invested into the project. They didn't just go grab the you know stuff at the bottom of the bin. Uh, they went to the top of the bin of stuff that he doesn't use to coat mm-hmm. in many coats of lead belcher. That's fair. Uh, uh, and Val, just if you want to get ready to switch slide here in a second and put it up, uh, but wait a second. It doesn't just stop at Lead Belcher, guys. Right. Danny, please describe this next slide uh, for the audio listener. So wow. this is a demonette <laughs> painted with, this <clears throat> is the title, I'm sorry. A demonette painted with 100 coats of Ard Coat. So if you can imagine a painted demonette uh, and then just... Mm. Spooge. Look at the model. Thick uh, draping over the arms. Yeah. Ooey gooey. The claws look <laughs> particularly <laughs> sticky and uh just uh really thick in the gummed claws. up. Yeah. Real gummed up. Real gummed up. <laughs> Guys, is uh, a sort of dress made of the demonette was an interesting uh, choice for the art coat, I will say. I was going to uh, say, was it an intentional choice for the figure to be a feminine figure? Um, or was that a, a look, lucky coincidence? John, it's certainly a <laughs> lucky coincidence. I think this, this might be one of those uh, Freudian slips coming coming through again, much like the cum yeah. weapon and all of our cum jokes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that this too. was... <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. this is entirely <laughs> intentional. Um, yeah, you know, uh, but you could just slap the Brazzers logo on there, and you got lots of different content. <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, would it be more realistic if it was a Space Marine with a hundred coats of hard coat on it? 
Is it a female Space Marine? No. That was a no, regular. It's ultra, if it's an Ultra Marine, though, then I kind of understand again. I will say, uh, and I'm just going to note this: that are these close? Are these auctions completed? Were these completed auctions? Oh no, this you know? is one. No, okay, the second one might have been because it's, it's bid up but quite some, a bit. Dude, somebody finished. That's all I know. Uh, mm-hmm. and that auction is what's what's complete. the current bid at? Uh, well, this is, this, this is 220 old. pounds here. Yeah, yeah um, okay. this is a couple weeks old. I did uh, want to talk about this last week before I was pulled aside by oh, historical comparisons. Um, but again, we do have to ask the important question that was raised earlier in the show and last week. Uh, and on this next slide here, why? <laughs> this will be a recurring. This is a recurring slide. Why? I love it very much. Why? Well, I mean, I mean war happened I mean, in, the, in the far past of the old world as well as in the future. Garrett, I mean, Garrett Turner <laughs> came in and chat with the best comment towards that last art coded miniature with the grossest part about it is the shipping. And if that doesn't describe <laughs> a Warhammer player to the T, uh, great job. That, that's to very important. Uh, uh, you know, you I mean, we, we are viewing these out of context. I believe this was some form of a fundraiser, was it not? You guys, I mean, you did I, know, you did no background no. on this. I'm sorry, are I we no journalists now? Because, no. like, I, I need to know so that Midwinter, before I start posting memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure this was a, I'm pretty sure this was a fundraiser for, like, a, a genuinely, probably good cause. Uh, Danny just sneaking a quick nip there uh, as he, <laughs> he deletes some... Some harsh meme fire. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was for a genuinely uh, good cause. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe even commendable. Who knows? Well, I'm looking it up right now. So keep on talking. It's perfect. Yeah, Midwinter Minis is a confusingly popular uh, uh, YouTuber. <laughs> uh, maybe be a little bit more positive about it. Well, no, he's got, he just has the gentlest voice in the world. I think, I honestly think that's, he just, his all of his videos are just like a nice hug uh, at bedtime. Oh. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I only, I can only assume that uh, you know there was uh, uh, just a delightful charitable intent behind the very soggy demonette that we just looked at. Yeah, yeah. Chat letting us know the demonette made me delete my internet history. Uh, so <laughs> it did. It was well, a good not cause. the naked Eldar army that we saw. <laughs> Scratch that joke from your type five, Joel. I have a tight nothing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, Uh, guys, we are not young men anymore, with almost everyone here being younger than Val. Uh, But this cartoon hit home hard. Uh, Looking at here with the next slide coming up, tournaments in your early 20s are fun with a little tiring. Uh, Tournaments in your 30s, fatigue, back pain, hangover, terrible times. Danny, as someone who is a like regular player on the tournament scene, as Val takes a picture for some reason, scary. Um, what? Oh, how I do see, you prepare? Because you're old. How do you prepare physically for a five round event? I no, I don't, John. I just kind of show up and I sweat a lot. <laughs> just, just shows Look. up and degrades. It just I, the the I, turbo I meter is probably equity. about half, and then it just goes down from there. 
Right. You know, he's, if you want to get a combo breaker off on Danny, you're going to just wait about round three, I think. Yeah. And then I'll be, I'll be tired. I'll be like, all right, whatever. Stamina low. <laughs> Fuck. I'm just going to sit down. That's fair. What about, so, so mentally, like, how do you prepare? Cause like I said, Elvio's coming up. There's a lot of majors now around the circuit and five, six rounds over a weekend of Warhammer can be very kind of mentally draining. So how do you prepare um, to maximize your enjoyment out of every round? God, please don't say winning. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way. It's not true. though. <laughs> it's just not accurate. Um, yeah. I so what I try and do is I I don't know this is going to sound lame like I try and sit down more uh, whereas mm-hmm. before the first the fantasy round, the that's the fantasy round, player's approach you sit down yeah. have a seat take it easy take it easy drink a beer like you're gonna have a good time use your crew PA stick to move your models around right except when your opponent wheels wrong with that stupid ninety degree arc line of sight <laughs> thing like that's not right don't do that anyway. <sighs> What are uh, I try and sit down more? I try and drink a lot of water, um, in addition to whatever other drinks I'm partaking on. I try and like limit that if I can because that definitely makes me feel worse the second day. And the Mm -hmm. night after the first night, don't party super hard, you can party like a medium hard, um, medium hard, and yeah, medium hard, and then uh, still get to, 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 to class the next day and uh, teach some lessons in pain. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, what are some of your ways to stay fresh, Danny, uh, throughout the day? Well, John, I keep a spare stick of deodorant in my in my uh, in my backpack, and I use that. What a champion! Yeah, please, <laughs> when you're at these events, please wear deodorant. Um, what are some ways? And Val, you can jump on in here too. What are some ways you've injured yourself at tournaments? Wow, guys, uh, I haven't. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, really, uh, you're standing at at worst. Uh, maybe maybe bending at most. Uh, quite frankly, this is not. I mean, I'm. I don't know about you guys, but every GT I've competed in has actually taken place in my 30s. So the the maker of this meme, um, you know, I mean, yeah, that's. Oh, it's, it's a, you know. They're down you never out, played a twenty a tournament in your twenties, though, Val. You have no frame of reference. You're like a small yeah. child that's wandered into a strange room. Like, demands know what's going on. <laughs> um, well, perhaps. Although I am, been, I have been struggling to understand what what's been going on with our viewership. It's a bit lower than usual. Oh. I my first gut was uh, probably not um, probably not uh, fantasy content. Like maybe the number one driver, but then I realized Monday night football's on. So I was just, just that's the photo I took was just, you know, that everyone could see (laughs) that just like everyone else is watching the show, uh, that, that, uh, that is, that is the the right way to participate here. Also, I can't believe, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that, that people would not watch our show to watch a 16 to three game between new Orleans and Tampa Bay. I just, it's insulting. Well, those are those are all great words, um, and I'm sure it means a lot. And it's important that they they bald, um, and it's good. Um, the League of Votan got FAQ'd, guys, uh, with beam weapons. Ironically, forcing the Vito- the Votanians to take a major hit. Uh, Daddy, go ahead describe the change that happened. Oh, this is the stupidest change. Like who who greenlit this? Like, okay, the out. rule specifically states <laughs> that, like, 
Who could have done this? Why would you do this? That's what I want to understand. Like, why? Like, so the rules for being specifically state that you can't hit ineligible targets. However, Games Workshop. <laughs> Danny, Danny, you knocked. I think you knocked your mic off. Off guilty <laughs> in there rage. With your indignance. In rage. Sorry, my back. I got him so mad. Back. You're back. Yeah. You're right. back. So, like. <laughs> So, like, why? Like, okay, so you had these ineligible targets that couldn't normally be hit, which was, which was friendly units, and also it blocks mm-hmm. out characters from getting beamed to, to death. But now, like, you also now randomly have to watch out for your own models and their own units? Like, like so if you have a beamer in the second rank, you're going to do a hit to your own squad, like, every single time you shoot it? Or if you have a squad of, like, of Thunderkin, they're going to shoot themselves a bunch of times unless they move out of the It's just bad. It's just bad. Like, why? Now, I just noticed that you referred to having a beamer in your second rank. Now, do the beamers in the second rank uh, come armed with cum weapons? <laughs> they are mining cum weapons. So, yeah, yeah. they're adapted for war yeah. use. Yes, that is correct, Val. Well, this person here in the League of You don't of want a beamer in your campaign. second rank with a mining cum weapon. That is that's a sticky situation. <laughs> and, and it's Danny, 20 I know- line of death, Val, in fact. Denny, I now believe this was you who wrote this comment here, but it wasn't. GW, it wasn't. GW are idiots that don't understand their own rules. If uh, so, this beam nerf breaks their own core rule targets for shooting rule. Only enemy units can be chosen as a target for an attack. Then the beam rule says each time an attack is made with such weapon, if it hit a score, draw a line between the closest point of this model's base, not of the closest model in the target unit, make one wound roll against the target unit. And each other unit, this line passes over, excluding units that were not eligible to be targeted by this weapon when targets were selected. Don't My God. I think the caps lock, the caps lock probably more accurately reads, excluding units that were not eligible to be targeted. Right. I think would be more more way to do that. That's fair. It's probably, yeah, think yeah, of yeah. Chris Farley yeah. when you do that, and it would be a pretty good, like, That's not that you good, look like yeah. Chris Farley, Val, but like the level of Sounds energy like and physical it. comedy. Yeah. Step back for the um, mic, I, and I have a compressor on, so hopefully that didn't hurt everybody. I will say, um, uh, you it works because you're not targeting your own unit. The weapon merely hits your own unit, and um, then they're and not. And then it says that they're kind of like <laughs> hits. It describes them as hits, and then says, "But for all rules purposes, they are not hits." No, they are just what? wounds. God, terrible. Just like uh, stick. With, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. Hey, this person, though, coming up here and the lowest pixel resolution I could find, cracked the code. <laughs> As they said, the FAQ is inapplicable at this point. Uh, beam weapons only affect eligible units, and friendly units are not eligible units. Wow. What a yeah. dumb shit. Like, look, like, <laughs> sorry. I don't, I, yeah, anyway, like, what, 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 the, but like, literally that's the whole contention of this argument i literally have the guard book in front of me you can't you can't make jokes when i'm having a drink come on man like that's the entire crux of the argument like that obvious statement thank you of course that's yeah but hey the important thing to remember about this one that's how it works uh wine some more that's that's how it works but two um this next person cracked the further code by saying, yeah, Warhammer community is not an official part of Games Workshop. <laughs> it is a hired on social media wing, paid by them, but not part of the company. And um, with a history of going off half-cocked about social issues. What? Or just getting things wrong about upcoming GW releases. <laughs> Guys, can you spot maybe one or two small errors or wrong information in this message here? 
so I mean, this is this is one. This is a pretty classic Games Workshop community member uh, grasp at straw, in which uh, you know there, there's a dissonance between the reality this person is confronted with and the reality that exists in reality. That being that the, the, the Warhammer community gone. team. Uh, the Warhammer community team is, in fact, entirely employed directly by Games Workshop. This is often, this is actually the not actual real Games Workshop argument often used when people are critical of Forge World stuff. A little out of vogue these days because, you know, they're not as, as, uh, as, as making disruptive things. But, you know, like there's always this wishful thinking that, oh, well, that's not the real Games Workshop. Therefore, it doesn't count. Um, uh, triple locked it, black magic, no take backsies. I think is roughly the schoolyard logic that we are being confronted with here. Mm -hmm. Danny, um, he does have a point though about kind of some mistakes that we've seen recently in the past couple of years from from Warcom in regards to sort of releases or information that's kind of given out about new stuff coming in. What do you guys think is the cause of some of those uh, incorrect information articles that have gone out uh, accidentally from Warcom? Okay, yeah. I mean, mistakes happen, right? Like stuff gets wrong no, or false. something like that. <laughs> no, they're not allowed. Everything to. is one hundred percent perfect all the time. Si but, siloed, siloed workforces w trying to hit deadlines with imperfect information uh, and the same reading comprehension as likely the author of this comment or more. Yeah. Also, they farm out some of those articles. Every single person on your screen right now has written an article for that site, it's uh, true. which does not say great things about that site. I've written two. Uh, you, you are almost a, a, a college-educated English person. Almost, uh, almost. Which, as a Scotsman, that must cause some in, inner conflict. It sure um, does, but man, I love hating myself. And I got my BA in seven years. So, you know, like, we are educated, uh, and Danny will get us out of jail someday. So, you know, like, these are all things that are, you know, like, I don't think us having written content for Warhammer community, gone through the process and been to the meetings and, and, you know, suffered through the hazing rituals and uh, blown through the kazoo decoder rings. Like these are things that I think are normal part of, of joining an organization. I will say my article was edited post submission uh, uh, between submission and publishing. Cause I made a, what I feel anyway, a wonderful joke about the Imperial Fists always being murdered to a man. And that joke was completely removed from the article. <laughs> when you started the bit with uh, a joke I wrote about the Imperial Fists being censored, uh, yeah. I was expecting something a little more graphic than that. So yeah. that's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. I will say that when my, my MetaWatch article was published however long ago, uh, it was actually barely barely touched. I think there were some grammar changes made. Um, and, uh, it was, I don't know, like they, they, they exercised no editorial, uh, you know, flex on us. So I don't know. I thought they were really great. Yep. Just, I'm a, I'm bad at writing. Um, where well, does major, so you'll be better now. Oh, I can analyze the shit out of writing. I just can't do it myself. Um, but where does Warcom sit in the community for you guys in regards for news? Is it kind of like, is it all must read? Is something you guys sometimes check? Do you go to Warcom daily? Like, where does Warhammer Community sit for you guys? When I had an office job and I had to be somewhere at 8 a.m. 8 every morning, 
I definitely checked Warhammer Community every single day. Um, but as time has gone on, I check it a lot less frequently. I think I probably check it like three times a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Belt, uh, do you like you're not super actively involved, aside from you know all of the stuff you do in the in the 40k game right now? Um, what is what's kind of your level of checking Warcom? I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm I'm all over it all the time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I do, I do check, check in on it, especially if something notable goes through one of my chat groups or something, I'll pop over to work on. I think one thing about mm-hmm. work on that we take for granted now is like how, like the fact that that information is being like disseminated and, and, uh, and, and told to us, uh, frequently, in fact, multiple times a week, sometimes multiple times a day before mm-hmm. this was all just like rumors from like weird lifer retail managers and stuff you know when, yeah. when gw had no online presence non and like barely was was barely publishing white dwarf they had that weird pamphlet that they did every it was a weekly white dwarf it was a weekly it magazine was a weekly yeah jeez so, so crazy they had they had two so you had white dwarf which was pretty much a weekly uh advert for stuff that was coming out and you had warhammer visions uh which oh, was yeah. really to be fair, amazing photography and setups of the miniatures and the pictures, but that was the monthly publication was Visions. Anyway, uh, we are we are coming up to about like five years of this, but like once upon a time, it was like community guessing that that right. that, that happened. Actually, this reminds mm. me, I've told this story so many times, but like I remember uh, one of my favorite people on the Can Hammer podcast, just when, when War, Warcom came out, it was, it was so... Um, counter to the way games workshop have been behaving that he literally didn't believe that it could be games workshop it was it was a hoax that yeah, like, wrote warhammer that community was wasn't real you know like just like that guy being like uh, the, the 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 warhammer community team is is a is a hoax it this this idea lives um but yeah like really so yeah made podcasting is because you know we're just talking about news instead of making it up is uh, Warcom a worthy successor to Fayette 212? You know, that website's still going, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's, that's cool. <laughs> is it a worthy successor uh, to the long dad gone website, Fayette 212? <laughs> <laughs> Rip. Rip. You know, uh, when, when Fayette 212 and Blood of Kittens went down, I mean, that was uh, the end of an era, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. in, uh, in, in wargaming websites. Um, no, I think uh, even um, a slightly more competent uh, version of Fade Two Twelve. I think you could definitely call, um, uh, you know, That's... maybe the the va- the production value or like the quality of the writing, maybe a little higher than Fade Two Twelve. I don't know. That is where I got literally all of my news before Warcom. Uh, before, uh, so, so <clears> it's <throat> a great much. Still is, um, but hey, guys, let's rant a little bit about fandom. Uh, we've been a pretty restrained so far tonight until I found this guy here on Twitter, uh, which is at uh, the time of uh, publishing still up. Uh, but reading five $8 books they was on sale makes me more of a fan than someone who buys $500 worth of 25 minis plastic. Um, this one kind of uh, bothered me a Didn't lot. Can we parse this uh, one? What, reading five $8 books they were on mm-hmm. sale. Uh, makes me more of a fan than someone who buys five hundred dollars worth of twenty-five minis, five hundred dollars worth of plastic. Okay, which yeah. is twenty-five brackets, minutes. twenty-five minis. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm just now. Using yep. inconsistent punctuation throughout this. Yeah, you know. for sure. Um, 
Is there different levels of fandom within 40k? Yes. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, we're at the tip of the pyramid, guys. We're we're (laughs) like, we're either right at the bottom of the iceberg or the tip of the pyramid, boys. I don't know which one, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm drowning most of the time. So I'm going to go bottom of the iceberg for us. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we do we do check the bottom of the barrel a lot. Um, what's your sort of opinion on gatekeeping someone based on someone's kind of knowledge? Like, So this is, I think, what bothers me the most about this sort of message is the idea that you're not a real fan uh, because you haven't read 1,200 pages of Black Library fiction. I mean, yeah, gatekeeping kind of sucks, dude. I'm like, <coughs> right? Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I need to call button hard. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh-huh. like, uh, so, yeah. like, yeah, I, I think that there is there there is a there is kind of a an idea out there, right? That if somebody has spent you know that much time kind of like reading literature about it, like that they maybe are more of an expert. I guess maybe that's where kind of this argument is coming from. I just think it's kind of lame. Um, well, I mean, lame I, 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 I don't want to, you know, like cause too much self reflection here, but I mean, it did just occur to me that we are a show predicated on mocking others for their opinions that are bad uh mm-hmm. because they aren't maybe as informed as we are so I, in a way I, I, in a sense that could be viewed as a form of gate gatekeeping uh behaviors but, uh, but, but i'd say my gate is, is open I the gate to good ideas is wide open I, I don't and it's just it's stuck on a whiteboard we're we're aware but we, it's I don't, there. and I feel we don't on the show. We don't like look down on people for their level of fandom or their knowledge or what they know. Like we'll make fun of stuff they say, sure. Um, right. But it's not like you're not a real fan because you oh, only yeah. paint the minis or you like, like that has no place in right. anywhere. I agree with uh, that, and it makes me ah. Uh, but there's so not you believe. That but like I mean, honestly though, Danny, Danny, yeah. like if if you believe that your rear guard come weapons. And their beams affect the units in front of them. Like they're not real fans. No, no, that's true. No. You're just a garbage person. You're garbage. Kelsey and chat. Kelsey and chat. Letting us know, gatekeeping is terrible. Uh, insinuating I missed the T instead of P instead, which is just fantastic. There hey. were a lot of bad outs in the way that you mispronounced that originally. So I'm glad that we wound up there. Uh, me too. Hey, let's talk about failed pitches. Um, so I just want to say, every week um, I send kicker. A Facebook Messenger post. Are we just going to look uh, tell- at the whiteboard? <laughs> telling him. That's, yeah, that's uh-huh. too sad and too sad and real. This one's a joke. Um, every week I send Kicker a Facebook Messenger post telling him to make a new product for Frontline. And every week he rightly tells me they're trash and then asks me who I am. Uh, this week I sent him <laughs> the FLG official dice popper. Uh, well, this yeah. is here. I found it on the internet. It's uh, two Blood Bowl dice within a frustration uh, dice-popping apparatus. Daddy, as a competitive player, what are your thoughts on using a dice popper for dice rolling? Oh, I'm very pro dice popping. Can you imagine the sound of a tournament totally populated by <laughs> dice poppers? So LVO, right? 1,200, 1,500 plays, whatever it is. Just 750. Just, yeah, just deafening, deafening. And that, no, but John, remember that it's not just one person rolling the dice either. It's going to mm. be like both people back and forth rolling dice like constantly. Dude, that's beautiful. Well, you know, you, you know, though, like we would be guaranteed to improve the popularity of these tournaments because it's fun getting into trouble. It is. 
this. Sorry. What are some of the drawbacks of using the dice popper? Um, no way to, or a difficult time in interacting with dice inside of it to like, you know, make, oh, I need to roll 10 dice. Reroll well, one. I'm just going to roll this two dice five times. Help me count how many hits <laughs> Click, 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 click. Um, oh. Yo, Dear friend uh, Stephen Pamperine uh, had uh, not a dice popper, but a di- what he called the dice rattle, which was when he was playing 8th edition Oryx, it was just a very large Rubbermaid container that he would shake above his head. And oh, it would, out. yeah. And it would, uh, all the dice would sort of like settle into little nooks to make it easier for him to count. So also now, terribly just replace, loud and annoying. Replace that one with 30 dice poppers. And he's just going along the table like bang, 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 bang. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. There you go, Val. Uh, book it for the championship table at LVO. Just monetization. Right Can we brand this with FLGN? No. Heck actually, yeah. no. This Heck will yeah. be, no, this should be unique. This should be the Grim After Dark Dice Popper. We can put uh, some we'll FLGN dice in there. How so, many, okay, how many units do we have to buy? What, what's guys, the we have here? one year to patent this now. No, no. Okay, so let's do this. Let's just have it and tell them they have to use it for deciding who uh, deploys first. Or who chooses this, what side? The dice popper. No, this is how at official U.S. Open tournaments they will determine tiebreakers. Dice pop. It pop is one, pop one more. Time. It is more competitive than a rock paper scissors. That's for tie sure. pop. Um, this is it. One pop guys, for all the marbles. <laughs> more news. More news is coming Isn't it in. Two? I will have. Uh, I'll have more bad product ideas. I do actually email Kicker and be like, hey, do this. And he's like, no. Uh, but hey, we'll have more product ideas later. More news, though, coming from the world of professional chess. As the nearest oh. comparison to Comp40K is professional chess. Uh, sorry, competitive Fortnite, you're not close. Uh, as a top player, um, was uh, Mark parried in the main hall in front of people. And that way, <laughs> they removed his shoes and socks in order to check him for cheating. Um, Daddy, you okay there? Yeah, that was a good joke, John. I like that one a lot. <laughs> yes, I got one. Um, he, he wasn't quite riched, but he was definitely uh, he was definitely Mark Perryed. He was Mark Perryed. No Fair. socks, no shoes, against his will. Yeah. Uh, but what checks does 40K need to have? We have LVO, the biggest LVO ever, coming around the corner. Uh, what checks does 40K need to have to ensure people are not cheating? Uh, do we need to strip people of shoes and socks before they enter the hall? Full body scans, John. And I don't want to see any, anything less than that. I think it's as, it's just as, it, I mean, like a Warhammer tournament is harder than flying on an airplane. So why mm-hmm. shouldn't we have the same kind of security measures? Guys, you were asking Kelsey, you are like, are Daddy and John going to be doing LVO coverage? No, <laughs> security getting to the main hall That's right. get those belts and shoes off what do you think's gonna bounce you out of that now, place john and i wear now, very spiffy uniforms we all know the only thing that uh <laughs> is prevented from entering uh the, the hall is outside food and beverage that's it uh if you are yeah. not outside food and beverage you can get in there no problem right and let me tell you uh that works a hundred percent of the time and there is no official way to smuggle in outside food and beverage it's right. a very legitimate system Yep. Maybe your yep. FLGN branded backpack with secret uh, beverage holder uh, <laughs> and camelback. <laughs> oh, you mean the speakeasy model? <laughs> ah, the old speakeasy FLGN backpack. 
Guys, that's why they chose the Rio. It's the tunnels beneath the Rio from the tower to the room. <laughs> that's how they transport all the tables there, actually, is what I have heard. Oh. Well, so, guys, out of serious though, what are some high-tech ways that you could imagine cheating at Warhammer 40K? We know the low-tech ways. There's jokes about them on the set right here. Uh, what are some high-tech ways you can cheat at Warhammer? Mm. I've got some. I'm, I'll, go I'll go ahead, Danny, please. No, please. No, no. Uh, no, I, you know, all I could think of was maybe, like, Google Glasses. Oh, <laughs> Like Google Glass, but like someone's playing the game on TTS for you. Just like how oh, they, okay. it's like oh, how they yeah, cheat in chess. Yeah. So you just have a raw feed of a good player simulating your game it, on TTS. If it's TTS, you're going to be like, I just need three and a half hours for this movement phase. Give me well, one second here. <laughs> Look. <laughs> uh, um, the easiest way to cheat, I guess, uh, probably, I don't know. So many mean things just popped in my head. I can't. I don't want to say any of them because I'm very Canadian. Go ahead, Danny. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, are you familiar with the uh, that Oros ring? Do you know the one I'm talking oh, about? Oh, like the, the the NBA player thing, like with the the the, the vital signs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but on your penis, and right? It can vibrate at a certain <laughs> yes. a certain frequency to indicate certain moves that you need to be making. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have and, to check this player. He's dangerously aroused at this moment. Yeah. This player needs to sit down. That's like just the only notification you get from the Oris app if you're a 40K player. Sit down. It was a real mistake in his in his methodology to wear those gray sweatpants to the Can event. Can you pass me this? No. No, I cannot. Um, moving on. Uh, we see uh, some of the chess security that's happening at high-level tournaments in this next uh, slide here. As we see a gentleman uh, scanning a banana, uh, this is a legitimate picture of something that happened at a chess event to make sure that there was nothing uh -huh. hidden in the banana. Right, um, guys. Banana what are we scanning in 40k? What are we, what are we scanning, scanning in 40k, 40K? to make sure Manny Chima's no chess clock? Ooh, yeah. Make sure you got to no have memory. real things that actually exist, man. There's no chess <laughs> clock that can contain Manny Chima. <laughs> Uh, it's filled with bananas oh, fair, fair. I hope so two jokes now this week that were pretty good I hope uh, so. <laughs> I'll make fun of people but yeah, Danny what are we scanning what's well, in your 40k thing that we scan oh yeah dude we're scanning uh, Forge World models for the like, right of course kind of animals. yeah yeah at LVO Danny and I will be by the main door with the entire Forge World catalog and a scale uh, so we can match your model to the appropriate Forge and we'll be World taking model. a core sample of your models yeah. <laughs> just drilling them right on in there <laughs> yeah. i think, I think honestly, you can detect them space. just with like uh with like a voc monitor you know like to, to detect air quality just put that next to some of that stinky chinese resin you're gonna you're gonna find yeah. the frauds note in no time sorry. sorry shadow specters i gotta get a core sample just um <laughs> man oh well hey that's all the 40k uh, that we have for this week and we're about to wrap this up guys this has been a blast i'm very sad that i was stuck in chat with the nerds last week um but 
Yeah, it was important. too bad, right, Danny? We were just it was it was, yeah, it was the shitty show anyway. Yeah, yeah it like, was. Yeah, you know, you really what it, like anything. the how like Danny goes like, oh, there's no show without you. And then when I'm off, you're like, oh, it's get Adam Camilleri, like the voice of fucking <laughs> professional 40k. Like, okay, cool, yeah. Seems is like he, is he that legit? Do I no. take Adam Camilleri for granted? I don't know. I mean, he's definitely the like he's he's um omnipresent. the voice of modern modern Look. 40k ninth edition. He's the fastest speaker in the Dark Imperium, maybe, but like I wouldn't say that he's the voice of 40K. Mm. Mm. You know, though, who is the voice of 40K uh, and a very yeah. popular personality Steve figure? Joel. Um, Steve Joel. Steve Joel. I guess Steve Joel. We have a Christmas episode coming up, and it's, it's tradition on Grim After Dark that our Christmas episodes. Um, have literally nothing to do with 40k uh, this <laughs> year uh we're even involving val uh, rather than just surprising him by showing up and just oh, not okay. talking about 40k for for hours <laughs> and this next slide is going to show you what we're going to be doing on the 19th grim after dark is going to be doing a christmas with the falcon a very special christmas episode guaranteed to have as much match play content as the arc of omens releases coming up uh guys we're talking avatar 2 the way of water and i cannot be more excited uh and i'm sorry i know warhammer fantasy is niche content that people love and this will be niche content people don't love but there's gonna be i, I think probably one sex. of the largest movie releases of the year is the least niche content we will ever do probably that's <laughs> probably for, correct yeah for, for our viewership <laughs> very niche very niche um but yes, I'm very excited. Uh, I told my wife, I'm going to go see it. She's like, do you want to see it because you're excited? I'm like, no, I think it's going to be really bad. Uh, but yeah, we're going to see animal hair sex. We're going to see people in blue, uh, some oceans. It's going to be good. I'm very excited. Val, are you excited to take part this year? Let's, uh, let's give her a go. Uh, I love going to the movies. Mm -hmm. My wife mm -hmm. loves popcorn. It's My true, son's only two, true. though. He's going to be a bit disruptive in there, but I'm sure he'll be able to hang on. But he'll be there opening weekend for the biggest cinematic release of his entire life. Um, that's all I know. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Danny is going to quickly uh, find an IMAX theater. I think on I the figured out how road. I can do this. I need, to get, I need to buy a ticket tonight, though. Dude, I love it. Oh, wow. Do Crack it. the code. Drive-in. You're going to do a drive-in? Yeah, so, I gotta, so I'm going to have to drive to Spokane, which is an hour and a half away to get to the IMAX theater. Because I've got to see this in IMAX because, you know, like I want to see that hair sex so badly. It's just, oh. Anyway, so, so like. There was, there was someone at work who was like, why don't you like Avatar? And I was like, it was very disturbing that the way the, the, the people are intimate together is having their hairs intertwined. And that is the same mm. way that they ride animals. And she was like, I've never thought of it like that before. And you've ruined this movie for me. And I'm like, you are welcome. Yeah. But Danny, I'm very glad that you figured out a way through peer pressure it. and bullying. I thought it was just the font choice on the poster that would have gotten you. But uh, you guys, you've seen that bit, right? It's a very good bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have not. But I'm excited. Oh. I'm excited. Yeah. Go. I'll share that. I'll share Let's, that offline. This okay, show petered yeah. out like four or five minutes ago, I think. Yeah, it petered out a long time ago. Uh, we have Kelsey. <laughs> Kelsey miss, uh, mentioning, I miss Joan and Danny shilling for GW on the podcast. That's coming soon. You can't see this, but but right up here is, is another camera. It's going to help us shill. Very exciting stuff coming in. 
But Val, Danny, anything else you want to hit before we before we sign up for the night? Dead air is always good. Yeah, yeah no, he, go watch Avatar so you can participate yeah. effectively and not get spoilers when we talk about this. Oh, yeah, we're good movie book club. Shit out of this. Oh no 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 no! But we'll definitely say in the thumbnail, fuck. no spoilers. But then spoil oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know it's one hundred ninety three minutes? What? Wow! No, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, dude. God damn. Yeah, thank oh. you, James Cameron. That's more than. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's more than three hours. That is yeah. three hours and thirteen minutes. Hey, there's no way you can tell this uh, oh, this thing over five or six movies. They have to be five or six three hour movies. Um, <laughs> at least I don't know I am anymore. Yeah. Oh, well, right. we're going to talk at least about the first ninety minutes of it, uh, guys. We're going to be back next week <laughs> for our last regular episode of the year before we go into the road to LVO uh, and, and Avatar and all that other kind of fun. Guys, I've been John, Danny, Val. Sorry about the lack of only 30% fantasy content this week. Uh, We'll be back next week. It's been pretty grim after dark. Maybe. There it goes. Nice. My mic's still hot. Have a great night, everyone.